In this episode, we're mastering time management. This is a podcast that can improve just about every area of your life. Let's dig in. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is The Spark, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is the spark. So I don't know if I need to go as far back as why is time management needed, but I'll just touch on it real quick because it's time. It's like the one thing we got. Dear friend and author Tammy Ingraham always reminds me, time is life's money. Be careful where you spend it. And we have to be very critical about where we spend these dollars. That's it. Our 24 amazing hours every day. We got to be really particular about where we spend it, especially when we're trying to create these big, magnificent lives. We've got to be very discerning about how we spend our time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some amazing techniques that both I use, clients that I work with use to get their most out of their day. So I'm going to jump right in. Very first thing, unfreaking believable. There is a technique called the Pomodoro technique where we set a timer traditionally for 25 minutes, though I personally modify it, but you set this timer and you are dedicating that time to a specific task. You go into that time slot knowing I'm only working on this one thing and you've got to minimize all distractions and competing priorities. I set my timer for 15 minutes during my workday. And I do it during different hours, but mostly during my workday. So again, practicality. This is April sitting at her desk, right? Ready to conquer the world. I set my timer. Now I used to use my phone alarm um, and sometimes I still do, but now I've defaulted to this YouTube alarm that <laughs> I didn't like a buzzer because I set this thing and it's it's my number one hack. It has made the most difference of everything. It's made the most difference in my productivity of my day. So I can't emphasize this technique enough. But having a buzzer go off every 15 minutes was annoying. So what I did is I used this YouTube timer that has birds chirp after 15 minutes. Now, again, the reason why it's modified is I shorten the time frame up to 15 minutes. Why that's important is I found, at least for me, around the 15 minute mark when I'm doing a task, especially reading reports, that's about when I start checking out. I start planning what I'm having for dinner. I start wondering when my kid's dentist appointment is. I think, I probably shouldn't have done legs today. Like a variety of things happen around that 15 minute mark. And so I set this timer and again, visualizing my day, I'm sitting down at my desk. I've got this task I'm about to do and it's look at the budget reports. And I set my little YouTube timer for 15 minutes. My birds are gonna chirp in 15 minutes. And then pen to paper or more likely looking at a spreadsheet, I'm reviewing the budget reports. And I will tell you, in total honesty, eight out of 10 times when that timer goes off at the 15 minute mark, I am off task. Now, sometimes it's the subtle off task, like I'm just daydreaming. I still got the pen on the paper. I still am clicking boxes in in cells on a spreadsheet, but I'm not really being effective anymore. I'm thinking about something else or I've completely gotten off task. I clicked on a video that was sent from, you know, a teammate about, hey, you've got to see this now. It's amazing. Or I see this urgent email come up from a client or whatever it is, but I've gotten off task. And so this has been a game changer for me 
Because when that thing goes off, when that alarm goes off, it brings me right back. It snaps me back into, oh, I was on task. What was I supposed to be focusing on? And I I even, sad to say, will frequently thank my timer. It'll go off and I'll go, oh, thanks. Because I've gotten off task and it brings me right back. And we have to put, now we have to use prioritization. We'll talk about that as well. We have to use prioritization so we make sure we're focusing on the right um, task. There is a concept emphasized by many thought leaders, but so well put by Stephen Covey. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, then every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. And it's easy to do, right? It's easy to just jump in and start checking things off the list. And though I love action, one of my favorite phrases is practicing violent execution. You must first check that the ladder is against the right wall. I'm reminded of a chat with a client just earlier this week. Many of our discussions um, were around how to get there faster. He wanted to be more efficient. He wanted to get there so fast. So he wanted me to help him jam on the gas pedal, right? Really just put the pedal to the metal. However, when I asked him, where do you want to be in five years? He paused. It's easy to get focused on, hey, I've got to get there quick. I've got to climb this ladder so fast, but be sure to stop and make sure it's against the right wall. There's another quote I love about this subject, Alan Rain. You may get to the very top of the ladder and then find it has not been leaning against the right wall. And so we got to prioritize first, but that is my number one time management technique. And I get asked this all the time because I do a lot. I run different companies. I coach. I do podcasts. I have a very busy life. I've got two amazing, amazing kids and a husband at home. I'm doing a lot of different things. And I try to be very intentional about many of the things that I'm doing. I want to show up and give my best. How do I do that? Well, I use a lot of techniques I'm going to share with you. So for calendars, I get asked this a lot too. So for calendars, I'm kind of plain Jane. I use the Google Calendar. I use the free Gmail calendar. This is not a sponsored post. This is actually what I use. So I use one that's um, work-related. So it goes by your email address. So my work email shows up in one color. And then I can schedule it under my Gmail um, email, which means that my husband can see it too. So family tasks, kids' doctor's appointments, um, things that he needs to know about too. We share that calendar. So yes, I went digital. It took me a while. I kind of was a paper gal, but I finally went digital a few years ago. Um, Never looked back. Having said that, every day I have a task list. So even though I'm using my calendar and I use Outlook, I also have a task list. I have the sheet that I created in uh, in Excel. It's called my unstoppable sheet. It's written in big letters at the top to remind me why I'm here and what I'm doing. Um, And it prioritizes what I'm doing. It's a checklist and it's very intentional. So on the right-hand side, it has my morning routine. And and I'll be doing a talk on uh, my morning routine as well because morning routine, setting up your morning is absolutely winning your day. So win the day by winning the morning. So I've got my morning routine. It's everything from my wake-up time um, to taking my vitamins because I used to forget to do that all the time. Take my vitamins, do my push-ups, do this, do that. It's it, it goes through these about 45 minutes of stuff that I do and it's on the sheet every time. And it's funny. It's such a simple thing, guys. But if I don't fill out that sheet, I skip those steps. Not all of them, but I skip about half of them every time. It's always my vitamins. I always skip my vitamins. And use a list I prefer physically writing your tasks and your goals down each day. Even if you've saved them on a master list in your phone, your computer, it's digital somewhere. I do that too. But the act of writing and acknowledging each one for the day is huge. And here's a fun fact. Less than 5% of Americans manage their time with written goals and focus. Yet those 5% or less than 5%, they achieve roughly 10 times as much as the others, a 10x. And 
Not only does your chance to successfully complete your task go up significantly, but your productivity improves by 25%. Also, save yourself the time of deciding that morning what you're doing. Plan it the night before. So I use this list, right? Make sure that my morning routine's tight. Check that off. Then the rest of the list is about how I'm setting up my day. So things that I already have scheduled for my day, I list in, okay, I've got a meeting at nine. I've got a meeting at 12. I've got to go pick up so-and-so at this time. So that's in there. But then I, I tackle my projects. What's my big projects today? You know, and it should never be more than say three big projects. And then the steps that I need to go through to achieve those projects. And I write it down. Now, again, I've got this created spreadsheet that I'm checking off, but it, I print it out. I have a bunch of copies sitting in a folder on my desk. And every morning I pull one out and I start that. All right. What's my priorities? Actually, I do it the night before because it's not just about getting a bunch of stuff done because you're just checking off list at that point. It's about getting the right stuff done. So prioritizing the right things, putting the big rocks in first, to use a Stephen Covey phrase, um, we got to put those big rocks in first. Otherwise, our day is just filled with sand. So be very critical about what makes the list. So for someone like me, few things in this world bring me as much joy is having a list and checking something off. It's just this perverse pleasure. I really enjoy that. Sometimes, yes, I'm one of those people that sometimes will put something on a list just to check it off because, hey, I already did this. I already put in the laundry on Saturday morning. I'm going to go ahead and check this off the list. So not everybody's like that. That's okay. But be very, very critical of what makes the list because your attention is going to go right to that. And not all things have the same prioritization on a list. A great resource for this topic is Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. What is the one thing that you could do today to deliver extraordinary results? When you're looking at what you're going to tackle today, those tasks, they're not all created equally. So prioritize them. Ask, what's the one thing that by doing this makes everything else easier or even unnecessary. Phenomenal book, his time blocking and his fourth use of productivity are definitely a must read. As we look at our list and we prioritize our list, use the tried and true Pareto's principle of the 80-20 rule. If you have 10 things you want to get done today, on average, about two of them are far more important than the other eight, but it's easy to give them all the same weight, to unconsciously value them the same and just work through the list. But I don't know about you, most days, there's always some things I didn't get to on my list. I didn't cross off certain things. And that's okay, as long as I got to the things that were most important. So as we prioritize our list, start with the task that will move the needle the greatest first. Those things that if at the end of the day, you only got one thing done, you'd still feel like it was a productive day. And when you're looking at your list and you're scrutinizing your list, Make sure you've got the right people doing the right jobs. If you're the leader, and I, you know, we're all in different positions and different, different roles, but if you're the leader of an organization, the visionary, you have to be very careful that you're not doing $15 an hour work. That's not a good use of your time. That is not matching the right skill set to the right task, and that's crucial. We've got to align the appropriate skill set to the task. If there's admin work, if there is a customer service follow-up, if there's photocopies to be made, there's different things, we need to make sure we're getting the right people to tackle that because when we get stuff that is not aligned well with our skill set, it's not the best use of our time, and it's not utilizing our team most effectively. The task should always drop down to the lowest skill set possible that can still get the job done. I can hear right now all of the small business owners out there. I hear you groaning now. Oh, 
but I can do it so much better than they can. I can hear you because I've heard you for years. And I totally get that. I've been a small business owner as well. And I've ex- I've experienced that as well. But here's the thing. It is self-limiting. You, you cannot be a true owner. You're just an operator. You're just in there pulling the levers and you can't scale appropriately. Now, maybe you don't want to scale and that's okay. But if you want to scale, then you got to delegate. Now, another amazing hack is don't check your email for the first, some people say 30 minutes, some people say 60 minutes of the day. You start your workday, don't open up that email. And some, so many of us, and I've been guilty of it as well, we roll over out of bed and we check our phones, right? We check our emails. Our email has just prioritized our day. Our email has just dictated what we're going to put first. And then we end up jumping in on all these urgent tasks, these these things that are lit on fire, these things, oh, someone's got to go in and fix this, but maybe aren't that important. Maybe won't really matter that much in the end, but by jumping into your email box immediately, because there's probably something in there that's going to need your attention. There's probably something in there that's going that you could get upset about. And so when you jump in that that inbox right away, it it takes it takes away some of your power. You've given your power to your inbox and you need to retain that a little bit longer so you have time, adequate time to prioritize your day first. I'm April Garcia, a business advisor, performance coach, serial entrepreneur, traveler, mama, wife, and just about everything in between. I've made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I only advise great executives and ambitious entrepreneurs on growing their business, having the right mindset, and contributing more to their world. So as I was talking about my 15-minute timer, that does lead into taking breaks and taking them often. Now, it doesn't need to be a long break, but there's a lot of research somewhere around an hour. Some say 50 minutes, but get up, stretch, do a push-up, something, move your body, get that blood pumping, shake out your arms, do the YMCA. It's not good to take yourself too seriously anyhow. So try something physical, not just pop on YouTube and watch Try Not to Laugh videos. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but doing something physical changes your state. It gets you fired up and ready for what you're doing. So let's just get into the right state. If we're slouched over and we're not really engaged, we're not showing up as the best you. And it's not about working the longest hours, guys. It's being most effective because I want you guys to get out of work and be able to go home and spend time with your families or meet your friends at a pub or do whatever it is that fires you up. And this doesn't just apply to the workplace. This applies at home. I use these techniques for several different tasks that I do at home. Because otherwise, these tasks, even the home tasks, can just drag on. And we need to shorten that up. We need to also talk about net time. So net time is, I am hesitant to use the word multitasking because that's gotten a lot of uh, bad press lately. Um, Some deserving, some not so much. But let's talk about net time. So I made the comment about, I already put the laundry in, okay? So some places that I use net time is we'll just say it's multitasking, is laundry, dishes, meal prep. And what does that mean? So say I'm going to fold laundry, okay? So we've got a family of four. We've got, you know, three or four loads of laundry sitting on the table. And I'm going to take it all out and fold it and start organizing it. Well, that's a pretty mindless job. Could I be doing something else with my time? Yes. Should I probably even still be doing that? Well, maybe. Who knows? But right now I do it and it's all good because I set up my little podcast or I set up my little audiobook 
or my Blinkist, and I'm listening to some form of education. I am educating myself while I'm folding laundry, and I do it after um, after dinners, too. I'm cleaning up dishes, putting it away. Usually, that takes a good 30 minutes. So instead of this task of, oh, I've got to put the dishes away, or I've got to fold the laundry, instead, it's hey, this is my time to do a little education because I I read a minimum of 15 minutes a day, likely more like an hour. But when I say read, I would say, actually, probably more appropriate word is I consume educational content. I'm a sucker for business books, time management books, mindset, things of that nature, and, and some other things too. But um, I do that via audio because I can be doing it during something else. I can be doing it when I'm on the elliptical machine or or something else. And again, that no extra time and commute time, of course, is a great time. It's a great time to make client calls or listen to podcasts. Uh, maybe you're listening to this one right now on a commute. But again, the concept of no extra time dare I say multitasking, is a powerful one if utilized well. And just set yourself up for it. So I know every time I'm folding laundry, I'm going to be listening to an audiobook every time. Um, I would say half the time when I'm putting away the dishes, I do. The other half the time, my family wants to talk to me. If they're they're off playing a game or doing something different, if my kids are in the room playing hide and go seek, they don't really care what mom's doing. That's cool. If my kid's out and wants to talk about her day, well, then I'm all ears. That's the most important thing I can do that day. And I've got to be honest, friends, switching over to using this time in my car for productivity was a hard transition for me. And I'll tell you why. Because you ain't seen no one sing in a car like I sing in a car. I mean, I'm all in. I love music. I've got a playlist for every situation, every mood that I'm in or that I want to be in, especially when my kids aren't in the car. I mean, explicit lyrics, here I come. So when I get in the car, it's like American Idol up in there. To transition over to using that for audio tapes, it was hard. I mean, I'm like the person that I don't even get out of the parking lot before my music's up, the volume's up. Like people are looking around going, hey, how did this teenager make a wrong turn in the business parking lot. Oh, wait, no, it's the middle-aged woman in a suit listening to Pitbull. I mean, that's me. But he's, he's like Mr. Worldwide. How can you not? So that's me. Hard transition. But it took some adjustments for me to have that same excitement over cranking up the latest John Maxwell book, um, which I do like reading. Uh, but I had to create a habit around it. And so now every time I get in the car for commute, I already have my podcast or my audiobook dialed in and ready to play. On average, Americans spend about 110 hours a year commuting. That's more than 10 audiobooks. And considering the average person has read about four books in the last 12 months, oh, I could double their education without investing any more time. That's a lot of learning and a lot of growing. So factor in that time, see where it can show up, where it's not going to detract from your life, But if done well, this really adds a ton of time to your life. So let's move on to the next hack. And this is a fun one. Celebrate your successes. Now, we talked about that a little bit before um, in an earlier podcast, but let's make it really simple. So you get a task done, do a little celebration. You get a task done, you check it off. And my goodness, if it's a big one, you know, scale the celebration appropriately, okay? Um, But stand on that summit and admire your work. And that might be standing up, walking around your chair, sitting back down again. I have a little uh, squeezy man that sits at my desk and I squeeze him three times. Yay, I did something awesome and I'm making my hands super strong. 
just just my right hand though my right hand is wickedly strong but find your rhythm to celebrate your completions and it just kind of it, it nicely bookends it it goes hey let's let's do that and, and and we need to be doing that in all areas of our life but let's just let's just focus on task lists for right now so celebrate those completions so let me give you some of these tools in action working with a client this week um, she's a real estate agent and so in everyone's job there's a part of it that they don't enjoy or even dread. So they avoid it, right? You don't do it nearly as much because you're dreading it. Well, hers was prospecting calls, cold calling potential new clients. If you're not familiar with prospecting, some people really do hate it. Some people are amazing at it, um, but there are many people that really struggle with this. You're calling a complete stranger. You're trying to introduce them to this new concept or new product. It can be very stressful. So she would schedule the time in her calendar, but rarely go through with it. And if she did, she didn't give it her all. She was distracted easily. She had little enthusiasm on the calls. And of course, it wasn't easy to make a sale in that mindset. People can feel that coming through the phone. So what to do about that? Throw out prospecting altogether because she hates it? Nope. We got to do something different than that. So the first thing we did is we shortened the amount of time that she would prospect to two hours twice a week. Because doing it four times a week wasn't happening at all. She did it no times a week. So we, we changed the amount of time commitment she was going to do. We compressed it. And then we need to work on changing her perspective around prospecting, that it was something that she was mastering instead of something that she was bad at. And I had her prepare her prospecting list the day before instead of in the moment. Because if we're having to decide who to call in real time, well, that's just all the more reason for us to, to get distracted. That's all the more reason for us to delay. So those two hours would only be dedicated to her smiling and dialing. Because prospecting also involved reading through lists and reports, it would be easy for her to become distracted, especially on a task prospecting that she disliked. So I had her set a timer, you know, the timer, the birds chirping on YouTube. It's amazing. I had her set that timer for 15 minutes. So if she started to lose focus, think about her grocery list. Think about the Stranger Thing episode from last night. And what the hell is that thing that keeps showing up in the sky? I, I wonder that a lot. Or who was reheating that fish in the break room? You know who you are. That timer would go off. It'd refocus her. She'd lose a couple of minutes perhaps. But, but haven't we all lost hours down some rabbit trail before? It's easy to lose hours like that if you're doing a tedious report also known as bookkeeping, or some mundane task we don't want to complete, also known as bookkeeping. Anyways, um, hats off to bookkeepers out there. You are the true saints of this world. Um, the last final piece to the real estate agent puzzle was giving her a reward to pick something she really liked that she'd get only after completing prospecting. For example, going to her favorite lunch joint afterwards. Find something that really motivates you, incentivizes you, and you only get after you do this part of your job that you can't escape. Some things can be delegated, but sometimes it's stuff you got to do. Sometimes we got to put elbows up and get to work. I know I already touched on this earlier, but prioritization. Remember when you say yes to something, you have said no to something else. So when you're deciding on if you're going to do something, think what does this mean I'm saying no to? I always think, I believe it was uh, Steve Jobs who said um, he was just as proud of the things that he said no to, the projects he said no to, the initiatives he said no to, as the things he said yes to. And Gary Keller says you have to protect your yeses with a thousand no's. It's really easy to focus on what's important, but we also have to acknowledge that there's got to be a lot of no's around that. There's got to be a lot of acknowledgement of what's really not important. 
because we've got to be very, very critical of what we're saying yes to. And that's not just in work, guys. That's when we're saying, yeah, we're going to come to your house at Thanksgiving. You've said no to doing something else at Thanksgiving. So make sure you're having the right turkey day. You're having the turkey day that you want to and the, the, the kind of experience you want your family to have. Apparently, I'm hungry. I'm thinking about turkey. Another piece to this puzzle is set an intention for the day. So intention, this idea, this being really clear and mindful about what the day is going to look like. So if you've got a meeting, set your intention before you walk in there. Example, I'm I'm walking into a meeting and I say, I'm going to very clearly convey the need for this move to my staff. Like we're moving locations. I want to very clearly make, I want them to understand why it's important that we move and that we need everybody's help. We need everybody engaging to to do this. So that's my objective, right? That's my intention. I said that. And I'm going to do that in a fun, loving way. I'm not going to do that in a, a, a domineering sort of way. I'm going to do it in a fun way. Hey, guys, we need your help. Let's do this. And, and, and so it's not just walking in and saying, well, we'll see what happens. You know, and I see that a lot. A lot of people just kind of shrug their shoulder and say, well, let's let's give this a go. Nope. And it takes 30 seconds before you walk into that room, you decide who you're you're showing up as. You decide what's coming out of that. And again, guys, that's around meetings, but that's around a lot of different areas. So when you're setting an intention, it can be how you walk through your front door. I've got a thing that I use to set my intention when I walk through my front door. So there was a time where I used to have a uh, an incredibly stressful job. I worked in finance and I would walk in from my incredibly stressful job and I would bring all that tension and energy right through the door. First, I would walk through the door on my cell phone frequently. I'd be talking to a client or talking to staff or colleague, and they're usually really heated debates because I was in real estate finance and and, uh, tempers get really heated around that. You're talking about a lot of money and sometimes people's livelihoods on the line. So I would walk in on my cell phone and then I'd walk in tense and, oh, I had this day and I had this and I had that and I would just unload, right? And so you can imagine what kind of energy I brought in. And then one day, actually, my husband said, would you do me a favor and not be on your phone when you walk in through the door? And it was such a simple request. I will tell you, it was very hard to execute on. It was very hard to do because I'd gotten in a habit. I used my drive time for calls, which is important. But then I'd use that next five minutes of walking from my, my, my car to inside the house to wrap up that call. And I was just bringing that energy right in the door. So what I did is I vowed to never walk in the house on my cell phone again. And even if that means I'm sitting in my car in the driveway for an extra five minutes, that's what I do. So that when I walk in the door, I'm bringing a different April through the door. The other thing I did is I took a a giant sun. It's like it's a painted sun. It was a kid's toy. And I glued it to the outside of our front door. And so if you were to walk up to our front door right now, you would see this big yellow sun. And the reason it's there, and it's funny because we have an HOA that's really strict. They probably hate my son, but it's okay. Um, I'm not all about fitting in. I'm about, about being authentic. And authentic me, hell, I like suns. So I got a big sun on my door, right? I have that there so that when I walk in, doesn't matter how the meeting went, doesn't matter where I came from or what happened or what went sideways or what could go sideways, What matters is that when I walk through that door, I want to be sunny. I want to be cheery. I want to be happy. Sometimes we do have to fake it till we make it. And that's not just in, you know, faking skill sets. Sometimes it's faking happiness. Sometimes it's, it's saying, all right, I'm just going to act it. Because if we act happy, the funny magical thing is 
usually we become happy. So I make sure before I walk in the door, I do a gut check. Let's be intentional about the kind of April that's showing up in her household today because I've got a family that's waiting for me. I've got two little kids that are like my little mini-me's and they are watching my every move. So if I walk in stressed out all day, then someday they're going to be listening to a podcast. They're going to be listening to this podcast and, and talking about the messaging that they got from, from their family. I don't want to model for our girls that work is stress. It's hard. It's a bunch of tense conversations. Yes, it can be that. And in the past, I've been in roles and organizations where there was a whole lot of that. But there are so many other things that I need to model for them as well. So I make sure they say a happy mom. They see a happy mom walk through that door. And that son reminds me of that. And that's a simple way that I can set the intention of who shows up at my home after a work day. So a quick recap, we've got to know our goals, right? We've got to prioritize wisely. We've got to be very discerning about, we've got to be very critical about what shows up on our list and what we're spending our time focusing on. We've got to delegate when there's an opportunity to. We've got to make sure that the tasks that we're taking on that we're the right person for the task. And we've got a plan. Plan the night before. Set up your morning. Set up those priorities for the day so we know exactly what's going to happen and eliminate those distractions. Be careful that the ding of our inbox is the most temptuous ding in the world. That's the most temptuous noise in the world when I hear it. Me too. If I hear that or I hear a Slack message come, oh, it is physical pain to not answer it. So, I have to close them all together. And this isn't just true for apps or work communication. It's true for texts on your phone, social media notifications, all, all of that stuff, right? I loved when uh, Brendan Bouchard says, your cell phone can either be an amazing tool or a weapon of mass distraction. But here's the cool thing. You get to decide. You get to decide whether you're going to use that force for good or for evil, but by using these hacks, guys, this is how we get the most out of our day because this is a question that comes up for me all the time. How do you do the things that you do? And there's a lot of answers to that. There is a lot of answers to how I do the things that I do and, and how the clients that I work with get as much things done as they do because we, we add in the most important things first. And then everything else gets worked in afterwards. And we're really particular about how we manage our time. Sometimes in our business, we have to put our back into it and we have to work really hard days. But day after day after day like that does not create a life of significance. It creates a life of stress and obligation. So if we manage our time better, because we are not going to get an award for most hours put in the office or most hours put in doing laundry or a suffered the longest award, that's not even a category. Instead, just be really clear about, hey, what do I want to get out of this? I want to, let's just say, knit stockings for my family at Christmas time, which is a decision that I made in December that actually happened. And you're listening to the least crafty person in the world. Um, so this was a, a huge commitment for me, way outside my comfort zone. And I'm kind of a, um, as a time management expert, spending time knitting is physically painful. I mean, there's so much inefficiency, guys. But here's my intention. My intention was that my kids, my family, my husband thought it'd be super cool if we had knitted stockings that mom made. So I did it. So I don't care if you're knitting stockings for your family, if you're looking at budget reports, if you're doing prospecting calls, set your intention for what you want. Be really clear about what your day is so you can run your day. Don't let your day run you. Wrapping up, we discussed 10 ways time management can be dead sexy. So much good stuff in here if you apply it. Don't just consume content. We've got to execute on it. So what are you going to do today? 
How's about right now you pull out your calendar, schedule, phone, tablet, whatever you do to manage your day. And if it's nighttime, look at tomorrow's schedule and apply the 80-20 principle. 20% of the stuff you have planned tomorrow is going to get you 80% of your results. What are those couple of things on your list that are really going to move the needle, really get you closer to your goals? Now prioritize them. Make sure those are the things that get done. And the second thing, what are you doing today that you really don't need all of that big, beautiful brain for? Maybe it's laundry, dishes, commuting, showering. Maybe you have a flight to take. I mean, we don't need all of that time for entertainment. I see you in the airports, you commuters. I'm there next to you. And you've got your two movies that you're going to watch back to back. Maybe we watch one movie and then the other one we use as education. That's all right. But pull off those chunks of time that you don't need all of your brain, right? Pull off those chunks and use the Tony Robbins concept of no extra time, net. And don't wait to be in the moment. Set it up before. Taking 60 seconds today to decide which audiobook you're going to listen to tomorrow sets you up for success. Do not rely on self-discipline in the moment. Rely on habits. Is it work? Yeah, it's work. But you're worth it. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So tell your friends about The Spark and help them get to the next level. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at aprilgarcia underscore the spark or check me out at thesparknow.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.